You are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. Here's Ken LaVica. All right, chalk this up to me being wrong again. Uh, Ari Myroff on Twitter tweets, Odell Beckham Jr. on Joe Burrow. Quote, I think if you look up the word cool in the dictionary, there should just be a picture of him. He's going to be one of the greats. I really believe that. End quote. So I'm the same dope that last week said, oh, I don't know if Joe Burrow is really cool. I think he's like nerdy, awkward, cool. No, when Odell Beckham is saying that he's cool, I suppose he's cool. I could not have gotten that more wrong. Ken Levick alive Wednesday here on ESPN 106.3. A uh, couple of minutes with Theo Dorsey, WPTV News Channel 5, WFLX Fox 29. Uh, wanted to bring him in here for something specifically. Still on the Banowitz Friday Night Lights, especially here. Joe Burrow, speaking of. He was talking with media earlier this week in L.A. in advance of the Super Bowl, and he was asked what advice he could give young people who want to aspire to have the success that he had. Tips. It's a pretty common question. I mean, you being in the TV realm, I'm sure you've asked that a million times to to pros in the the years you've been in the business. Yeah, yeah, of course. I'll get into the question later, but of course, that's a common question for sure. <laughs> I love, I love having the TV, <laughs> the TV component here because he's going to break this down. This was, this was Joe Burrow's response to the question. You're working hard, but you're really not. You know, focus on getting better. Focus on, you know, not don't don't have a workout and go and post it on Instagram the next day and then go and sit on your butt for four days and everyone thinks you're working hard, but you're really not. You know, work in silence. Don't don't show everybody what you're doing. You know, let your let your your game on Friday nights and Saturday nights and Sunday nights show all the hard work that you put in. Don't worry about you know, all that social media stuff. Yeah, and you know what the immediate reaction to something like that is? Big time Super Bowl quarterback saying, "Stay humble, <laughs> stay humble, put your nose to the grindstone, put your head down and work. Your results will speak for themselves." And this Theo throughout social media heralded. Mm. I mean, as you'd expect, that that is the key to success. Don't have to flaunt it. Just go work hard. Man, it's been beloved. That, that, that quote right there has been embraced. Yeah. Joe Burrow is at the stance right now that everybody is listening to his every word in these press conferences, looking for that next thing they could tweet out that could make yeah. them go viral because yeah. they tweeted out the Joe Burrow quote. Uh-huh. So I get why it blew up. He didn't say anything profound. No, 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 there, there wasn't. And that's not something I haven't heard a million times. Yeah. Like, you know what college assistant football coaches, like, they love to tweet. Some of them made a brand off of tweeting as opposed to coaching. Yeah. Like, that was the equivalent of the inspiring quote that all of them <laughs> put out every single day. Stay humble. Work hard. That's what Joe Burrow did. That was the response to the question. Yeah. It's the stay low, to, stay low and build. That's what some, some people say that about like relationships and too. Like you don't don't flaunt it yet. Don't put it uh-huh. all over social media. Stay low and build, man. Like whatever. I, that's it's it's not a hot. T- I mean, Stone. What do you? I mean, you're you're a quarterback, right? Like he's li- he lived in that world. Yeah, recruited high school, under recruited. I might add at South Fork. I mean, you were. Friday yeah. Night Lights was under recruited for his his talent level. Your size is what kept you from getting a, a division like a, a power five, Absolutely. or even mid major offer. Absolutely. I was told by plenty of those coaches I can't because of that. But I, I think you guys heard me bring this point up last week about, you know, professional football players or guys in the spotlight. Like, once you get a certain reputation or once of you're thought of and spoken of in sentences a certain way, you're allowed to control everybody else who's paying attention. Like, once you're a guy 
who has, you show up your freshman year of college and you have the stature and you have the, the speed and stuff to play at the next level and everyone says, this kid can play in the NFL. Well, now what, what your goal is to do is to show up every day for two years, be the first one in, show up at five in the morning and then leave last. And then once, and then after that, you're spoken of as the guys, you know, he's the first one in, last one out. Hardest worker. Yeah. Hardest worker. And I know those kids who do that properly and then are partying on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday and showing up hungover on Monday. So it's like, it, it's tough to, you know, where do we believe these guys and what they're saying? Joe Burrow could have said anything in that spot to your guys' yeah. point, and we would have been like, oh, my goodness. Like, right. wow. Well, let me, let, let's play it one more time, and I'm going to tell you the part where actually I have a little bit of a problem with what Joe Burrow said. You're working hard, but you're really not, you know, focus on getting better, focus on, you know, not don't don't have a workout and go and post it on Instagram the next day and then go and sit on your butt for four days. And everyone thinks you're working hard, but you're really not, you know, work in silence. Sat. Don't don't show everybody what you're doing. You know, let your let your your game on Friday nights and Saturday nights and Sunday nights. There. So, yeah, don't work in silence. Work in silence, says Joe Burrow. I would be all for that if it wasn't for how many times I have seen in Palm Beach County and the Treasure Coast high school football players, high school football coaches desperately, I mean desperately try to contact college recruiters, desperately try to get a hold of college football coaches, and they're ignored. Guys who have talent, guys who deserve a chance because they have it. And because the guy isn't big enough or the guy isn't fast enough, the coach just doesn't get back to him, ignores emails, ignores phone calls, ignores the huddle clip that shows up in the DMs. So Joe Burrow, it's easy for him, whose dad was an assistant at the Power Five level the entire time that he was a child the guy who had unlimited exposure, the guy who had endless offers, the guy who was at Ohio State before he went to LSU. And I I don't have a problem with Joe Burrow. I'm just saying it's easy for him to sit up there and say that stuff now when he had an in already. There's a lot of kids that don't have that in that are really good and could play Power 5 at least Division one football and don't get the chance because they either a don't come from the traditional high school football power. Their coach doesn't have the relationships that are needed to make connections with college recruiters or they're trying to contact college coaches that are just interested in the four star or five star bottom line. So work in silence. Sorry. Uh, do, do kids sometimes put up workout videos where it's like, yeah, I know that kid's out drinking later that night like Stone's experienced. Yeah, for sure. But you know what? Sometimes at this level, you have to be your own advocate. Because sometimes you're your only advocate. Yep. So working in silence, that ain't it. That's not cutting it when you're trying to get out of Bell Glade. Yeah. Or you're trying to get out of Del Rey. You're trying to make something of yourself. You know you have the football talent, but you don't go to a powerhouse. So you're being overlooked. Sometimes social media is the way you get looked at. Going viral is the way you get noticed. So Joe Burrow, I think, is a little off on the whole thing. Yeah, and I think here's the sad truth about, you know, social media and technology and, and, you know, college recruiting nowadays. It's about quality of content. We definitely know that Mm -hmm. in, in, you know, in this realm of our work. But, like, it's about quality. So if you're putting out workout videos that are, 
And I know this, you know, from firsthand experience, like talking to my college coaches, like if somebody puts out good content and it's properly made and they're at the right tournament in front of the right coaches and other coaches see that, well, then it's okay for them to, you know, invest in that. But if a kid's putting out a video in a crappy junkyard and the grass is really tall and stuff, like you're automatically crossed off the list. So like, yeah, you got to put your stuff out there, but it has to be correct. It has to follow suit for these big schools to kind of, you know, want to invest. Like, I know he's training correctly with the right people doing the right things. It's hard. It's a very fine line. And a lot of kids don't have, like I said, the technology and, you know, the people around them yeah. to help them. So the kids down south in Miami, all those cameras show up at these seven-on-seven -seven tournaments and they get the videos made for them. And then they're able to post them and they get retweeted and have thousands of retweets. But those videos were made for them. Kids in Stewart, Florida, kids in the 772 aren't able to make that content and, you know, promote themselves. I just, I look at what if, uh, and I've known several of these kids, what if the kid doesn't have the transportation or the money to show up at an unofficial visit at uh, one of those those big recruiting nights that they have to a seven-on-seven? Seven. You can't work in silence. If you want people to notice you, you come from a small town, you can't work in silence. You come from nothing. You can't travel to these places. You don't have transportation. you got to find a way to use social media to put yourself out there. So again, Joe Burrow, I know it's wise words from a Super Bowl quarterback now, but his situation is definitely not the same situation for a lot of high school football players that have aspirations to play in college. It's not. He, he definitely was speaking from a platform of privilege there, mm -hmm. but I don't take all of what he said to detriment because I do think the one thing he did say was, don't post a video and then not be really working out. Don't work out sure. one day and True. then let True. that linger for a whole and, week and, and then that, don't work out. Yes, yeah. and, that, and that's the right thing. I mean, yeah, he's yeah. right. He's right about that. But the work in silence, that's, that's, that's where I have a problem with that because there are so many kids who don't have the privilege to be able to just have offers thrown at them. Yeah, you have to give yourself some exposure, especially in 2022. And social media is an easy way to do that. And I think you're being, it, it's almost you're being a detriment to yourself if you're not putting yourself out there. Yeah. To be maybe yeah. looked at by somebody. Can I say something? Can I, can yeah, I yeah, attack yeah, yeah. the question now? Yeah. Because the question wasn't even really meant to get a real answer. Like, whenever somebody... Let's, let's do a quick exercise. Okay. Ken, uh, what advice would you give a person in sports broadcasting right now? <laughs> uh, you should get a really good internship <laughs> And you should lay down as many tracks or get in front of a camera, even if it's your phone, as much as possible to start getting reps. You can do it yourself. You don't have to wait for anybody else. Right. So what you said there is correct. It's not profound. And it also is not very helpful to anybody. No, not, I don't want to say that. Not very helpful oh, it's to not people helpful. specifically because yeah. that's a very broad, general question. Right. Whereas advice questions should be tailored specifically to a situation. Mm, hey, so nice. if I said, hey, Ken, very nice. Mm -hmm. Ken, what advice would you give to a guy who's been covering a, a college team on local sports radio for three or four years and is running out of fresh new ideas to come up with on his daily talk show? Ken, what can you tell a guy like that? Always find a way to relate a topic to a broad audience, and that way you can segment it, get more particular. If you feel like you're running dry of ideas, open it up to a wider audience. Don't aim it specifically at one type of answer or person. Make sure that all can respond. That's going to help you create topics. Right, and now that person in that specific situation uses that direct advice mm -hmm. to address their specific problem. Advice questions that are general don't help. Hey, Stone, what do you tell a young quarterback? 
put in the work and it, I mean I don't know that's exactly tough. that's very that, tough that's I, I, guess, I guess that, I guess so I just said put in the work lazy. that's your point and exactly. that's exactly and that's why Joe Burrow I don't want to get on Joe Burrow too much for his answer because somebody asked him a lazy question that was very general whereas if they said hey Joe you, you've been working behind an offensive line that has allowed a lot of pressures you've been sacked a lot what, what do you what kind of advice do you give to quarterbacks who maybe are working in a similar situation to you to where you can go out there and succeed in spite of maybe poor old line play now, maybe that's a bad question because he's not going to down his old line on Super Bowl week, but he can give real legitimate advice about that specific scenario that can actually help guys, and it might actually be profound. Which yeah. there are plenty of high school quarterbacks who have crappy old exactly. lines in the so, JV varsity yeah. realm of you know the sport. I, I suppose even the question, if it was, hey, uh, social media has become such a big part of high school football recruiting, what advice would you give to those who have to rely on it as they try and get themselves recruited by colleges. And yeah. maybe that that answer comes off a little differently to me because he's not poo-pooing the thought of social media, but he's saying, hey, maybe I take it as do it the right way. Yeah, yeah. Don't make it phony. Yeah, I, I think that's... And, and honestly, the way you put it there, it's not surprising that it's a lazy question because I don't know if you've ever covered a Super Bowl, but that is the... I mean, that is the bastion of of laziness because everybody's there to get on social media mm -hmm. everyone in media is there to get attention it's why spanish language tv stations are sending out big bosomed uh reporters <laughs> who are going to say something sweet in spanish and attempt to hit on the players yeah. because it's about attention yeah yeah i that's that's a great point that is a great point. It's awesome stuff. Yeah, and I think that's probably why it's like, so we can attack Joe Burrow for his answer, but again, he was given a, a question where it's like, just give some general advice off the rip right now, and I'm sitting here answering questions about the Super Bowl, and he's yeah. like, well, one thing I could think of is I hate when guys post videos and aren't really working out, and he kind of went, but it wasn't, again, a specific. So I think the question also led to that answer, which was kind of dope. That is a That is a good point. Where'd you learn that? TV, baby. TV, that's nice. right. Local TV, baby. That's why he's the king. That is why he <laughs> the is prince. the king. And that is why there is no final, no no, no better local sports TV coverage in Palm Beach County and the Treasure Coast than WPTV News Channel 5, WFLX Fox 29. Book that. I'll fight it. I'll stand by it. Uh, I, I do want to make sure, though, that, that, that I mean, high school, I, I know that there's uh, there are parents of high school football players. You were a big-time high school football player here, Stone. Theo, you cover a ton of high school football players on the TV side. Like, be your own advocate. Be your own advocate. Stone, I still got a raw, raw deal because he was completely undervalued based on his talent level because of his size, and that's garbage. As we've seen, you don't have to be the biggest guy to go succeed playing college football. And this is something, Stone, I know you learned and had to learn it in real time. You've got to advocate for yourself because colleges aren't just automatically going to say, hey, we'll give this kid a shot. Uh-uh. you got to have a team around you, and if you don't have a team, you've got to be your own advocate. You gotta, you've got to use social media. Not do it dumb. Don't put stupid stuff on there, but don't work in silence if you feel like you're not getting the proper attention and your future's at, uh, up for grabs. So you said it. You need a team. Not a Brian Flores, you know, lawyer team. It's going to tell you the wrong thing. Yeah, don't, don't use Brian Flores' team. <laughs> and I'm not actually just using that to be funny because a lot of these kids, their teams, you know, whether it's their uncle or their coaches, and they don't have, they don't have the experience, they tell you the wrong thing. Time and time again, you see these kids who have four Conference USA offers, and then they'll get a Big 12 
offer and they'll commit to the Big 12 school. A year or two will go by and they can't get in the lineup in that Big 12 school and you'll find them in the Conference USA. And that is because somebody told them to take the biggest offer, to take, you know, go to the biggest school with the most people and, and, and you know, they have the bigger education, whatever it is, it's all comes from inexperience. So your team needs to be family or coaches you've been tied to for a long, long time. And you need to know ahead of time that they have connections to certain guys where it is realistic I go there. I hung on to connections to the, that coaches had to other coaches in the FCS world. I, at one point, it had to click with me, whether it was early senior year, going into my senior year, hey, your level is probably the FCS. You've been told by enough coaches now that you won't play in the FBS for this reason, this reason, and that reason. So it's like, okay, well, who do I have connections with that have connections to FCS guys? I exhausted those resources, yeah. and it eventually worked out. The junior college I went to, the guy was directly tied into some FCS schools. Boom, I ended up getting Boom, three. Open. Yeah. Door wide open, ended yeah. up getting three, chose the one I liked. So as I executed what I was told to do by people that I actually trusted, instead of people just giving information out there based off of what they think they've seen in the mm -hmm. past or what they think they know. So your family, your team is the most important thing right now. Mm -hmm. add, a, add a teammate, add a family member who's really good at social media. If your sister's really good at editing yeah. stuff and, and, and good with a camera, that needs to be your social media person, the one who makes the videos properly, like I said, to get you put out there. That's good stuff and valuable because, again, Stone lived it. So, uh, I, I didn't come close to being a big-time college athlete. Stone actually uh, lived the whole damn thing and did it fairly recently as well. Hey, uh, Theo. What would you give advice? What advice would you give to someone who wants to be a TV reporter? <laughs> exactly. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, you just you just work hard, you get your reps in, and you take a, you take a, good, a couple good internships. Oh, perfect. And, and you know, and that's why specifically when I do some of these things and speak to schools or classes, and I get that question, I always correct people on it, and I say, hey, no, don't ask me that. What's specific to your situation? Yeah. Because I'm not trying to give general broad advice that nobody can make. Because that's a waste of everybody's time. Yeah. I'm like, give me your situation. Mm -hmm. what, what do you have going on here for you now, and how can I actually directly help you? Don't let me sit here and give you this blanket, yep. fluffy answer that everybody will say, oh, my God, and then they'll tweet it out. Theo says you need to work hard and listen to your teachers. It's like, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, so did everybody uh, else the rest of your life. Right, right, exactly. It, I, it, this is such an awesome topic because you don't hear it all the time. You're stuck on the easy side like that we're talking about. No one's on the other side, the dark side that we're talking about right now. I absolutely love it. I love it. People yeah, need to hear it. Yeah. I mean, work hard. Like, work hard. That doesn't, that doesn't tell anyone anything. Work hard. That's not inspiring. Like, yeah. how does your circumstance affect where you could possibly go and what your path could possibly be? So, uh, again, I, I don't agree with the work in silence with Joe Burrow because I understand the reality of the situation because I've run into it so many times covering high school sports here in Palm Beach County and the Treasure Coast. But Theo is also right. You got a garbage question yeah. to react to as well. I guess the theme is this. It's listen time with Ken Levick Alive, okay? <laughs> if you want to know about something in any field that you might want to pursue, that you have interest in, ask direct questions. Don't ask broad questions. And try and gain knowledge in an intricate and direct way as opposed to a blanket statement. Because blanket statements... And blanket advice doesn't do a damn bit of good for you nope. in any walk of life, period. Theodore, CWP TV News Channel 5, WFLX uh, Fox 29.
I'll learn how to speak it. What, what advice would you give to someone who needs to <laughs> learn how to say WFLX Fox 29? Well, maybe you need to tune in more and hear us say it. That's, that's, that's the advice. Get my ratings up. <laughs> WFLX Fox 29. Get Theo's ratings up. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. You are listening to Ken Levick Live on ESPN 106.3. Here's Ken Levick. Presented by the FAU MBA Sport Management Program, FAU.edu slash MBA Sport. 22 years of doing it, grooming the sports executives of tomorrow, the FAU MBA Sport Management Program, FAU.edu slash MBA Sport. I wanted to replay something from yesterday's show that I think is an important discussion, largely because Theo Dorsey's a part of it. But uh, the, the, the biggest news in the NFL over the last week and a half has been Brian Flores' lawsuit against the NFL. And we are starting to learn a very, very unfortunate lesson about what happens when lawyers decide to become your spokesperson and co-op your movement because Brian Flores went from something admirable, I thought, to something that is quickly disintegrating and completely draining his potential and maybe his entire football career. And yesterday, uh, there was a statement after the Houston Texans hired Lovey Smith as head coach that I think puts Brian Flores' his future in a severe jeopardy, and it didn't have to be this way. Here's our discussion on Brian Flores from yesterday here on Ken Levick Alive. I'm trying to decide... If Brian Flores is purposely now just trying to torpedo his career. And I do think your perspective is important on this because I have not been able to get your perspective on yeah. this Brian Flores lawsuit against the NFL accusing um, the the Giants and Broncos especially of, uh, of skirting the Rooney rule, of uh, major problems with diversity hiring in the NFL, which there are. There are. There absolutely are. Uh, and then also the Dolphins, Stephen Ross, paying him money, $100,000 per game to lose in mm-hmm. 2019. So Brian Flores, before he wrapped up this coaching cycle, the NFL wrapped up this coaching cycle, decided to bring forth this lawsuit. Certainly risky, right, with him still in the mix, especially for the Texans job. Uh, that was that was definitely risky. And I, I applaud Brian Flores and his courage and his bravery to bring this to the forefront. It is a bold move that certainly could jeopardize his career. The Texans decided not to go the route of Brian Flores. They have hired instead Lovey Smith, who last year was on David Cauley's staff as the defensive coordinator. Lovey Smith, glorious beard and all, is now the new Texans head coach. Brian Flores and his team of lawyers Uh. released the following statement yesterday after the hiring of Lovey was made official. Quote, Mr. Flores is happy to hear that the Texans have hired a black head coach, Lovey Smith, as Mr. Flores' goal in bringing his case is to provide real opportunities for black and minority candidates to be considered for coaching and executive positions within the NFL. However... We would be remiss not to mention that Mr. Flores was one of three finalists for the Texans head coach position. And after a great interview and mutual interest, it is obvious that the only reason Mr. Flores was not selected was his decision to stand up against racial inequality across the NFL. End quote. Mm. I have been all for Brian Flores in this crusade that he is on. I agree with him with what he's standing for. But Brian Flores has made a hell of a lot of assumptions throughout his media tour and in the contents of that lawsuit, assuming that the Giants had already 
hired Brian Dable, assuming that John Elway was hungover or drunk at the time that they met. And now assuming that the only reason that, again, fellow black man, Lovey Smith got hired is because Brian Flores had filed the lawsuit. Brian Flores undercutting the same thing that he's been fighting for with this lawsuit, to me, Theo, is a horrendous look on Brian Flores' part. It is, for one, the reason why, two things I would diagnose with the situation. Number one is he needs more people, as in he needs other fellow head coaches, because this this is a real problem in the NFL. Yeah. We don't have to go through the numbers. Like any, anybody that knows anything about what the NFL's hiring practices have been and firing practices with black head coaches, it's a problem, mm-hmm. right? I think it will help him a lot when he gets other black coaches or assistants to step up with him in this class action suit. But also, he may have picked the wrong lawyers. Like, there's no way that if Brian Flores had lawyers or a team around him, he needs a better team around him because if they had any... I don't want to say he shouldn't have hired two white lawyers to fight his anti-discrimination case against the NFL, but if those lawyers had any any bit of a better perspective about how that looks and to call out another black coach who has been successful and mm-hmm. even led a team to a, to a, a Super, Super Bowl, Bowl. Yeah. and say the only reason Brian Flores didn't get the job over the guy who also was an inside hire is because he was filing a suit it was one of the reasons but you can't say it's the only reason right. because now you're doing the very thing that people do to undercut and undermine black coaches in the nfl uh-huh. by saying oh they only got this because of this they only do well in that offense because he's under andy Reid or he's under a great play caller like now you're being more part of the problem than you are exactly solution. It, it to me it it undercuts the message it undercuts the fight that was stupid it's stupid it's disrespectful and is an element of of that statement probably correct yeah i'm sure the texans backed away a little bit because brian flores is suing the entire nfl it was wrong though the statement said the only reason. The only reason. You right. can't say that definitively. That's the key word. Exactly. There is no way to prove that. It is not definitive. Yeah. And Brian Flores, though he had two winning seasons with the Dolphins, did he go to the playoffs? No. Was Lovey Smith on the staff last year? Is there continuity there? Yes. Did Lovey Smith go to a Super Bowl? Yes. With Rex Grossman as with his quarterback. With Rex Grossman. Exactly. So do I think personally Brian Flores is a better NFL coach than Lovey Smith at this point in 2022? Yeah, I do. Yeah, but to say that the only reason that Brian Flores is not the head coach of the Houston Texans and Lovey Smith is, Brian Flores and his lawyers are torpedoing what's left of Brian Flores' opportunity to be a coach in the NFL. And honestly, not just a head coach, but an assistant in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. It comes off as petty. It comes off as sour grapes. It comes off as spiteful. It comes off as hateful. And honestly, it is completely hypocritical to the message in the fight that Brian Flores is trying to carry out. It is. It diminishes all of the things he said last week. You're either for minority hires or you're not. Yeah. And this comes off as the latter when Brian Flores is attacking one of his own in this fight. And that's the problem. That, the reason why I say, again, I think he needs a better team. I don't think Brian Flores would have drafted that up himself. I don't think that was a Brian. I would like to at least assume, as we're doing assumptions here, that Brian Flores didn't want to go about it that way. 
But like we've seen on the interviews where his lawyers have stepped in with him and sat down with him and done interviews like the CBS one, yeah. they seem to be doing a lot of controlling of the message and a lot of interjecting and stealing the headline or the show. So I think that was more of a his team put a statement out thing. And I think if he had smarter, better lawyers with better perspective, maybe guys who, uh, you know, shared a similar background that he did, uh, or maybe guys who at least understand why you can't make statements like that in the midst of a discrimination lawsuit like that, then it wouldn't have came out. But that was a literal, I mean, it feels like they're purposely torpedoing yeah. his case. Like, did the NFL pay his lawyers off to right. say something stupid like yeah, that? Yeah, it, it is stupid. Like, it's just stupid. Did and anybody, re, like, did anybody look at it and say, hey, maybe we shouldn't put this out? Yeah. It was stupid as I, I don't understand, because it's it's a direct shot at Lovey Smith. Yeah. Why? And you know what this is going to do? This is going to eliminate, it. just like now, he'll never be hired by the Giants for anything. He'll never be hired by the Broncos for anything. The fact that this statement's put out, that that's another team crossed off the list, an organization that he will never work for. And, and I, I do, do I think Brian Flores, there was cause to fire him with the Dolphins? Yeah, and I've talked about it at length on this show. I, 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 in Friday Night Lights, Stone has heard me say, like, there were a number of reasons why I think Brian Flores, he got fired, and you know what? Willing to accept it. That's fine. Um, I want Brian Flores to work again. He can be a head coach. He can be effective. I want him to carry on this fight while also being employed in the NFL. This, this statement about Lovey Smith, it's just mind-numbingly dumb. I, I don't understand why a shot would be taken at Lovey Smith. And these are the highest price lawyers, though, that you're going to find. Anybody who's anyone in the legal industry says that that Brian Flores is lawyers. These are the gods. Yeah. These guys get stuff done. Me as the common fan, you as a fan, I look at this, though, you look at this, and I don't get it. Maybe it's because we're not we're not into speaking legalese and we don't understand the strategy, but I, I, for the life of me, Theo, cannot understand what they're trying to accomplish with that. I tried to rack my brain yesterday. Well, maybe, maybe this is an angle they could take. Maybe this is a stance they could take by sending this out. Maybe they're trying to prove this. I couldn't find one thing where this is beneficial to Brian Flores in any way, shape, or form. Any way, shape, or form. And maybe I'm an idiot and maybe I need a lawyer to explain it to me, but this seems detrimental to the future of Brian Flores. Yeah, I don't see it either. And like you said, maybe there's a big brain lawyer side of it, whereas they're trying to prove something in court. They have to use that verbiage. But in the court of public opinion, this definitely hurts them. And it gives people the the opportunity to open the door to say maybe everything Brian Flores is doing mm -hmm. is wrong. And I think maybe he's just bitter. And, and you already know whenever, especially when a, a black person steps up to say something in America like, hey, maybe it's a little racist out here. People look for anything to attack that person's character or their case so that they can just ignore the fact that racism does exist in yeah. America still in 2022. And that was a stupid way to open the door to that. If this was Josh McCown, I'd say, all yeah, right, yeah. I get the statement. But I don't, I for the life of me, like I, I cannot think of one singular reason why this would be good for Brian Flores or why anybody would see this and say, damn right, I'm behind you, Brian. If anything, it's, it's divisive. It's divisive, and it really spoils the messaging of the last five days or so. Brian Flores, right now at this point, do you feel like he's to blame for his predicament? Is Brian Flores and his lawyers to blame right now for his predicament where he is not a head coach in the NFL? 
888-760-3776. And you can tweet at us at KLV1063. Also, whose decision was it in the middle of this coaching cycle still to present this loss? Isn't this something that could have waited a week and a half? Uh, if the lawyers advised him, hey, do it now, right after you didn't get the Giants job, while well, he's still up for a couple of coaching jobs, including the Texans, that's some smooth brain stuff right there, too. I would say it's at least more honorable that he did it before he got a job because then you can say he's falling on his sword for the greater cause, but you undermine all of that when you yeah. heckle a black coach that just got a job over I, you. I also feel like you don't have to fall on your sword. You could wait, be employed, and then file the lawsuit, still bring attention to it, and not have to fall on a sword. I want Brian Flores to have a job. Yeah. I don't want him to have to sacrifice his living I agree with him when he says he has the gift of coaching. He's, he's a good coach. He's, he's going to be a good coach. gifted coaching. He is. He is. And he is an unbelievable defensive mind. He, at the very least, should be one of the highest paid defensive coordinators in all of football, if not a head coach again. Yeah. And this is the stuff. This statement yesterday, taking a shot at Lovey Smith, that I fear is going to keep him from getting back in the league at all, ever again. And I think he's getting bad advice. It just seems to me that, and again, I'm no legal expert, but it feels like he's getting bad advice. Brian Flores and his lawyers, are they to blame for Flores' current predicament? 888-760-3776. Vinny is in West Palm. What's up, Vin? Uh, I'm not a legal mind, so let's start with that. <laughs> but um, I will tell you, you know, he made a, that, this is another major mistake, and, and I'll give you another great thing that I, I listen. He, he talks about his integrity, you know, mm -hmm. uh, the integrity of the game, integrity of the game. But then he comes out and says that Stephen Ross uh, was willing to pay him for losses. Where, where any legal team is going to say, okay, why didn't you present that while you were on the team? You know, why didn't you make that known back then? If you're if you're so big about your integrity, now we're going to call into question your integrity because. You waited till you were fired, and then you were salty about it and, and did that. Now, another black coach who's got all, a great resume yeah. gets a job, and you go on and attack him, they're going to sit here, and it's going to make a really, really bad impression immediately. Yeah. Take for another point is, unless they have something written or, or, or uh, audio taped, this is a very hard case to prove, the, the, the stuff with the Giants. Belichick could say, oh, I would talk to somebody who was missing. First of all, Belichick's not going to give up anything, even on stand. You know he's not. Right. I mean, Spygate, all that other stuff. He's never, He's going to keep his mouth shut as much as he possibly can. So now you got to have something. If he doesn't have something concrete, this is going to come back on Brian Flores even worse than he thinks now. There's multiple different things that he's doing that are bad steps. Uh, the fact that he waited to, to out Stephen Ross, and if he doesn't have direct proof of it, it's going to look really bad when he's calling into uh, account his integrity. Uh, these are some really, really bad steps. He should have done it a different way. Um, he should have called out Stephen Ross while he hired him. But while he was still working for the Dolphins and said, listen, this is what's going on. I just want to be up in front and I have the information. Uh, otherwise, don't present it if you can't prove it. And, and the last thing I'll say is this is going to turn, if it continues down this road, really bad for him and he's not going to be an nfl coach he's not no but the rest of the owners are going to get together and they're going to be like listen we're not going to allow this guy coming in because he's gonna what's he gonna say next he's going to be calling into question anything 
and we don't know what he's, you know, what's true and what's not true. I don't want him near our, our, our uh, uh, organization at all. He, everything he does and touches, it's going to be something negative. He's even attacking coaches that have nothing to do with this. We don't, you know, let's let this problem go away. There's other coaches we could take care of and, and other coaches that deserve it. And, yes, he's, he's well qualified, but sometimes you just don't hire those people that have, you know, they cause problems. Sure. So uh, if this keeps going the way it is, I, I mean, he's going to be a coach at FIU. And that is the, the dregs of, uh, of coaching society. Thank you, Vin. Uh, I, it's, it's one thing to call out executives and to call out ownership, okay? It's been done plenty, and it's rightful. It's another thing to call out someone in the same fraternity who has fought the same battles you have. Before you. Before you. A guy that low-key paved the way yeah. for your route. Like, he's a defensive-minded black coach who got an opportunity and took a team to a Super Bowl. It just, it leaves such a terrible impression. I, I for the life of me, can't understand the strategy of that. Now, one more thing before we break. I, I and Keeley tried to make this point, and, and I, and, and I, I know that, that Vin just said it. Why didn't he call it out when it was happening if Stephen Ross was offering him money? If he's talking about integrity. I get it. Because, listen, you fought this hard and waited this long for a job. I'm not going to let someone else's actions, someone else's lack of integrity, yeah. take away the opportunity that I have earned. I'm not doing that. I can be the, and I'm definitely not. But if I think I'm, I'm the most integrity-filled person, I'm still not going to let someone else dictate whether or not I should stay in a position that I earned. Yeah, that's a disingenuous take by people who are, again, Anybody looks for any way to chop down at an issue when they don't want to believe what the root cause is. Brian, Brian Flores was naming symptoms. The root cause of this is the fact that NFL owners don't think black people are that smart. That's what it is. I mean, we, we don't have to, I know we got a break soon, so we don't have to get into all of that. But the root cause of it is, for whatever reasons, NFL owners don't think black guys are that smart. That's why black guys weren't allowed to play quarterback for so long, and that's why the fight to be head coaches in the NFL has been a long and hard battle. So for Brian Flores and this whole, oh, well, why didn't he call out Stephen Ross back when he got offered 100K? You could say that maybe if he purposely did lose those games, but he showed his integrity by leading those teams to wins yeah. and not accepting, or at least we don't know, but we assume he's not accepted the 100K per loss. So yeah. that's a stupid take to say, hey, oh, why did you call it out on the spot? Well, why would you? You're, you're, this is your first opportunity as a head coach. Yeah. Why are you going to call right. out your first boss in the midst right. of it? Yeah, if Brian Flores like, calls out his his billionaire white owner, yeah. you think Brian Flores is going to get another job in the oh, NFL? Stupid. Right. But instead, Brian Flores, he gets fired, and fine, he, he brings it up. After a winning season. After a winning season, and I'm sure he's upset, but this ain't it. Calling out Lovey Smith. Lovey Smith, that was bad. This ain't it. I mean, by name. By name. Call out the organization. Yeah. But they, but, but. But call out Lovey Smith the, by name. The only reason Lovey Smith got a job was because I was suing the NFL. That's stupid. I mean, I, I can't think of anything more detrimental uh, to, to that lawsuit and to, to Brian Flores' cause and his future than that last night. I, I thought that it was it was irony. I, I, I thought that what I was reading wasn't real. I thought it was like the onion. Yeah. But it was real. That was a real statement from Brian Flores' lawyers. Oof, I'd be having a long talk with them today. Long talk with it because yeah. he's they're paying. Uh, I'm sure he's paying them a lot more money than he thought he was going to be getting in production with stuff like that. that I could have wrote that out. Yeah, if you wanted to take the case, yeah, then hire yeah. Me. he could. Yeah, he could have called <laughs> me and said, "Hey, Ken, uh, for three million dollars, you want to completely wreck my career?" Yeah. Like, All right, type it up. Five minutes done. Matt from yesterday here on Ken Levick Alive on ESPN 106.3. 
You are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. Here's Ken LaVica. Presented by the FAU MBA Sport Management Program, fau.edu slash MBA Sport. Before we uh, wrap up here uh, and and uh, send you into Barton Hahn, I wanted to just have everybody listen to what Pierre Garçon told us earlier this week on Ken Levicka Live. Pierre uh, had his best season in the NFL, led the league in catches in 2013 with Washington. His wide receivers coach was Mike McDaniel, then played to end his career in San Francisco. Of course, McDaniel was there first as running game coordinator, then offensive coordinator. But it's no secret that Mike McDaniel likes to run the ball and likes to do so uh, out of uh, different formations that end up being the same play, likes to stretch defenses and really wants to set up the pass game through the run. It's one of his trademarks, one of his trademarks because he comes through that Shanahan mindset. For Dolphins fans who are trying to get a feel for Mike McDaniel, what he's all about, what you might see from this Dolphins offense, how he can help Tua, it's going to happen on the ground. And I thought that Pierre gave some really strong insight into what wide receivers are expected to do in a Shanahan slash McDaniel offense. Just take a listen to what Pierre Garçon said about wide receivers, their role, and what the purpose is uh, and, and why the running game is so important to make sure that an offense is successful. Just a little glimpse into what we're going to see with a Mike McDaniel Dolphins offense. This was from Monday on Ken Levick Alive. The buy-in that he wants receivers to have blocking in the run game. Uh, how long did it take you to buy in in the concepts of, of Shanahan and McDaniel from that standpoint? Mike McDaniel and Cole, Kyle Shanahan and Mike Shanahan, all those guys believe in the receivers setting the tone for the game. You know, if the receiver's blocking for the running back to get extra 10 yards, that helps us move down the field. And we depend on the, the running back to block for us on play-action play passes and, and, you know, longer developing plays so that we can get those bigger yards. So he's a big fan of the receivers setting the tone of the game from running plays, blocking, as well as making those big plays that you're supposed to make in those tough catches. But I bought into it because I enjoy, you know, getting those deeper plays, which take longer time to develop so that the running backs can block. So we remind the running back, hey, on running plays, we're going to block for you because we want you to get yards. But on these longer developing plays, you need to box for us so that we can get those bigger yards. You put in a little bit so that you get a lot more in the long term. And that's the chance we get to abuse the defenders. So it was a win-win situation for me. That's perfect. I mean, I, I love the insight from someone who lived it, who played under Mike McDaniel, and it gives us an understanding of maybe, just maybe, what we're going to start to see. And I'm sure the process will be slow, but what the ultimate end game is going to be when Mike McDaniel has the Dolphins offense executing how he wants it to at its full capacity. Either way, I'm excited. I am so all in. This is so unique. Mike McDaniel is so unique, and I just thought Pierre did a really good job of of, of really painting a picture about uh, what each role in the offense is going to be, but why wide receivers are so important 
to the running game, a running game that was literally non-existent for the Dolphins uh, this past season, the year before, one of the worst in the league in rushing first downs while the 49ers were one of the best. There's a reason why, because of dedication to that aspect of the offense. And I think it's going to be extremely helpful if the offensive line can improve just a bit. Mike McDaniel is going to be able to find a way to help Tua an awful lot, and it's going to happen because they're going to be able to churn out yardage on the ground. That'll do it for us here on Ken Levick Alive. We'll be back tomorrow at noon. I'll be coming to you from Bowling Green, Kentucky. Get ready for that. What weird hotel am I going to be doing the show from? What weird part of a hotel am I going to be doing the show from? We'll find out together. I'm Ken Levicka. We've been here on ESPN 106.3. Bye-bye.